And Enoch lived sixty-five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years. He begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty-five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. In other words, this man Enoch walked with God in a very, very ungodly world. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher, Dr. John G. Mitchell, was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Our name, the Unchanging Word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We continue the character study on the Old Testament man, Enoch. Dr. Mitchell gives us a short review from our last lesson, and then he goes on to share with us the life and character of Enoch. As recorded in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not, because God took him. Now, Enoch did not die, but he was taken alive into God's presence. And Dr. Mitchell says, eternal life does not follow death. One can have eternal life before death by believing in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's listen here to the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast with Dr. Mitchell on the life of Enoch. Thank you. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you, and we started in our last lesson on some characters in the Bible and we were discussing this man, Enoch, the first one. You remember, and if I don't mind, and I don't mind repeating some of these things, I think we ought to. Some of you folk were not listening in. And I'm making the statement that when you come to your Old Testament, in Hebrews chapter 11, we read of them. In Abel, we see the sacrifice of faith. And in Enoch, we see the walk of faith. In Noah, we see the work of faith. In Abraham, we see the obedience of faith. In Sarah, we see the willingness of faith. And then when you come down to verse 13 of that chapter, we said, these all um, received the promises, but saw them afar off. They were persuaded of them, and they embraced them, and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And they that say such things declare that they seek a country. 
And you remember in verse 16 of that chapter, and God is not ashamed to be called their God. And the great desire that God has for his people in any age, under any circumstance, is that he wants them to walk with him. I want you to get this in your own heart. The purpose of God in making man in the first place was fellowship with God. You know, when God made man, he made him as the crowning of his creation. Man is the crowning thing of his creation. There's no creature, as far as I know, there is no creature in the universe like man. And you remember in the, in the psalmist could say, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth is for man. God has given man the earth. And man, there's no other creature in the universe like him. Uh, man has got such tremendous propensities. Um, it's hard to say when you think of the gifts that God has given to man. I don't have anyone who has gifts like man. The trouble is that man has made a God of himself. And instead of turning to the living God who made him, having fellowship with him, doing that which would please God, we find that man went his own way, and sin came in and ruined the whole picture. You remember that. But that hasn't changed the desire of God. In Genesis chapter 2, God and Adam had wonderful fellowship, and sin broke that fellowship. And yet God came seeking man. All oh, the amazing thing, sin does not keep God from the appointment. Sin keeps you and me from the appointment with God. I don't want to go over all that again, what we had in our last lesson, but I, I want you to get this thing clear in your mind. And Enoch walked before God. Uh, Enoch walked with God, I should say, as a friend in fellowship with him. And Abraham was to walk before God as a child in simple trust. Israel was to walk after God as a servant in simple obedience. And you and I are to walk in him. He becomes a very path in life. If you want to follow that through, by the way, Enoch walked with God, and you have it in Genesis 5 and Hebrews 11. Abraham, you have it in Genesis 17, 1, walk before me. With Israel as a servant, you have it in Deuteronomy 13, 4. And we are to walk in him. He becomes our path in our life. We read that in Colossians 2, 6. And thus we've been discussing this question of Enoch. And we found that he began to walk with God when Methuselah was born. Something happened to this man, Enoch, when Methuselah was born. And as I said in closing our last lesson, what did he see? What did he see? What made the change? He lived like, I suppose, everybody else. Did his work, did his business, whatever he was. He was 65 years of age. Then it came a change. Methuselah was born. Methuselah came, his son. And I'm, I'm trying to think into this thing, and as he contemplated Methuselah, his son, made in his own image, oh, how he loved Methuselah. He was fascinated with Methuselah. He began to think, what about God who's made me? God who has made me. Then he must love me. He must love me. Do I love him? That's why the very next verse in Hebrews 11, verse 6, 
For without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to him must believe that he's God and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This is connected with Enoch. And he began a new life. And for 300 years he walked with God. For 65 years he walked like everybody else, lived for himself, did things, he took up his responsibilities, etc., etc. Now there's a change. He walked with God. Nothing is said about his tests or his trials or his opposition. Nothing about how he raised his family, what he did or what he didn't do was not mentioned. But what was was important, he walked with God. He kept company with God. You remember Amos 3.3, 3. how can two walk together? I think the King James Version says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Or as one version puts it, how can two walk together except they have an appointment? And those of us who love the Savior have an appointment with God. Every day, every minute of the day, we go about our business, do the things we have to do, but now we're doing it differently. What? We're walking with God. We walk in fellowship with the living God. That's what you have in 1 John 2, 6. If a man say that he abides in him, he shall walk even as he walked. How did Jesus walk? In continual, intimate fellowship with his Father. He could say in John 16, as he's on his way to the cross, the Father hath not left me alone. You disciples will run away and leave me tonight. But my father and I are still having wonderful fellowship together. Do you ever think of it? Do you ever think about our Savior before eternity, before there ever was a creation? They were together. Proverbs chapter 8 says, I was with him when he made the worlds. They were together when they made Adam and Eve. They were together in the Tower of Babel. Man has become as one of us. They were together when he was in Bethlehem of Judea. When he was a lad, 12 years of age, he could say, Wist ye not, I must be but my father's business. When he's baptized by John the Baptist, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. On the Mount of Transfiguration, again the voice said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. They were together. John chapter 12 and in John chapter 16, I am, I am not alone. The Father is with me. And then on the cross, when he took your place and my place, he cried out, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? What I'm trying to get to your hearts, the paramount thing in our Lord's life, the driving force in our Lord's life was his fellowship with his Father. What about you? What about me? So the important thing then was not what he did or what he didn't do. The important thing, that he walked with God. See, We too can walk with God. Oh, Mr. Mitchell, in my circumstances, I couldn't do that. Are your circumstances any different to Enoch? In the book of Jude, you remember he walked with God in an ungodly world, surrounded by ungodliness. 
They had no thought, no room, no time for God. He walked alone. But not alone. He was walking with God. As I say, we are in the same kind of a world, an ungodly, immoral, corrupt world. We've got to acknowledge that, wherever we are. Where you work, it's very obvious that there's a lot of ungodly people around us. Can I walk with God? Well, he's made the provision for it. But he's a holy God, but he's made provision for that. Then I read, he walked with God, and God took him. He did not see death. We read that he was translated that he should not see death. Why? Because he pleased God. And this was, by the way, this was God's original plan for man. You have no death in Genesis chapters 1 and chapter 2. It's not until you come to chapter 3 when sin came in and the wages of sin is death. Where there's no sin, there's no death. It was God's original plan. In fact, Enoch is one of two men who did not die. The other one is Elijah. You remember he was caught up in 2 Kings chapter 2, I think it is. He was caught up in a whirlwind. He didn't see death. Oh, you say, that must be wonderful. Wonderful indeed to be translated. Yes, it would be, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is not translation. The important thing is to please God. The important thing is not getting to heaven, but to please God, to walk with God. When Enoch disappeared, they when Enoch was translated, I should say, that he should not see death, the world said, Enoch has disappeared. Where's Enoch? We haven't seen him for a long time. He's disappeared. We don't know where he is. He was with God. You know, I, you try to visualize that sometimes. God was walking along with Enoch. And it was so wonderful. It was so wonderful. Not just to Enoch. It was wonderful to the living God that he found a man who would walk with him in an ungodly world. And the fellowship was so sweet, so blessed, that God said to Enoch, just keep on walking, Enoch. And he left this earth, and he walked with God into the very glory. Huh? Boy, that's wonderful. He just kept walking with God. You know, friend, let me suggest one or two things here. Eternal life does not follow death. It precedes death. We have eternal life now. We must meet God now, not after death. Oh, I know we're going to stand before God. After we leave the scene, we go right into the very presence of God. As Philippians 1 and 2 Corinthians 5 declares, absent from the body is present with the Lord. And it is, it is a point where a man wants to die. You stand before God, the judge. That's for everybody. For the believer, we stand before the judge in all the righteousness of Christ. As Hebrews 8 and 10 says, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more forever. But eternal life has no break. It goes on forever. It's a life without death. And my friend, if you do not have eternal life before death, you'll never have it afterwards. 
2 Corinthians 6 says, Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to receive eternal life. Not after death. You must have it before death. You see, when Christians enter the glory, we're not going to be strangers there. God is not going to be a stranger to us. I'm reminded of that passage in Job 19, where Job says, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and his feet shall stand upon the earth in the latter day, and the worms destroy this body. I shall yet in my flesh see God by my side. Allow me to give you the literal there. I shall see God by my side, and when I see him, behold, he is not a stranger. That's wonderful, isn't it? You know, I'm not surprised that David... Do you remember David? Listen to what David says. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. But you see, David made that contact here on earth, so he could say with assurance, you'll guide me now with your counsel, and afterward you'll receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For, lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go away from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works and thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. You see, friend, it's a strange thing that men make provision for everything except to meet God. Not so with Noah. Not so with Enoch. When Methuselah was born, he got a glimpse of something of the heart of God for him. This is what I'm trying to get to you. When Methuselah was born, he saw something that was in the heart of God for him. And from here on, for 300 years, he walked with God. You see, friend, to me it's an amazing thing. I said a moment ago, if you do not have eternal life before death, you'll never have it afterwards. It's a strange thing about us folk, with men and women. Supposing you had a month's vacation. In fact, I have friends who are already now beginning to plan for next summer for their month, and they'll be getting literature from travel agencies and so on, and they'll, they'll plan it, they'll dream about it, they'll get, find out everything they can upon it. They'll make reservations on the plane or on a boat, they'll make reservations at a motel, and they all, every detail they can think of, they make reservations for. They're planning for a month's vacation. Think of it. I'm going to have a month's vacation, and you begin to plan it right now. And I know friends of mine who are doing that right now for next summer. And yet the average person I meet makes absolutely no provision, no plans for eternity. Would you not think it would be a, a point of wisdom? I lived so many years, as we had in the book of James, man is like a, like a shadow. You're here and we're gone fleeting shadow. And as the 118 Psalm says, though man shall live to be 
three score years and ten and by reason of strength four score years strength is labor and sorrow flee away then what then what and just as sure as I'm talking to you there are some of you dear people who have never never made provision for eternity you must stand in the presence of God either as one of his children covered with the righteousness of Christ or you stand there in your sin to be judged and I tell you my friend you'll be glad to get out of the presence of God because he's a holy righteous God but to me the astounding thing is that man makes no provision what's that 49th Psalm say do you remember it no man can by any means redeem his brother nor to give to God a ransom for him for he knows that the redemption of his soul is precious and it ceaseth forever what does he want that he should still live forever and not see corruption man wants to live forever but I tell you my friend if you don't have eternal life before you die you won't have it afterwards but Jesus said ah listen in John 8 30 51 verily verily I say unto you if a man keep my saying he shall never see death and oh how often Jesus spoke of the fact that he came that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly take that precious verse of John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life he could say to the woman of Samaria in John 14 if you drink of this water you'll thirst again if you drink of the water that I shall give you you shall never thirst it will be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life in John 10 28 to 30 and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand my father who gave them to me is greater than all and no one is able to plunder them out of my father's hand and my father are one or John 14 6 I am the way I am the truth I am the life no man cometh to the father but by me he comes to give you satisfying eternal life a life that never ends in that wonderful and if you believe in me said Jesus you'll never see death and as John 10 says it's life it's an abundant life oh 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 I wish everyone who heard my voice was sure that they had eternal life my friend to have Christ means life not to have Christ means not to have life what I'm trying to get to your heart and mind is you must have eternal life now you'll never get it after death and if we receive it now then death is a defeated fall as Revelation 1 18 our Lord has the authority of death and of hell death cannot touch a believer until our Lord allows it and we go we say good night earth and good morning glory again if I'm talking to someone who's not a Christian my friend may I plead with you to take Jesus Christ God's Son and the book says in him is life to have the Son of God means to have life eternal life 
not to have the Son of God means not to have life. May I just say a word to you Christians, those of us who love the Savior. Enoch had this testimony, he pleased God. Do you? Do I? This is the most important thing. You go on, do your business. Carry on your life. Take care of your family. But behind the whole thing is a heart walking with God. Never alone. Never alone. He's with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, said Jesus. And friend, I know you believe that. But how much fellowship do you have with him? Do you walk with him? Do you accompany him? Do you fill his heart with joy because of your love for him and your fellowship with him? He had this testimony that he pleased God. May that be the desire of your heart and mine. And the Lord bless you today for his wonderful name's sake. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely In the light of his glory and grace Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins again.